Hello, my name is Christopher. And I'm Jennifer. Welcome to Becoming, Becoming Gonzalez. Here we are today on the first episode of our podcast. We're Woo-hoo. very excited. We have a lot to tell you, but what do you want to start with today, babe? Well, we're going to just talk about how we met and so forth. Basically, our first extravaganza of a year. <laughs> yes, and it was extravagant. It seems like it was just yesterday. Sometimes when I stop and think about it, yeah, time passed really fast. So basically, we're just going to jump right in and say how we met. You want to say how we met? Or do you want me to? Well, you might have to refresh parts and pieces of my memory, but we met at Publix Shopping, at one of the Publix grocery stores, right? Yes. Yeah, you were with a gentleman at that time, right? Yes, I was, and it wasn't the best relationship, but you know, it's okay. (laughs) We're just going to skip that part. And I was coming out of a long, horrendous relationship. I mean, not overtly horrendous, but it wasn't for me. Yeah, and um, basically we were working together at Publix, and at the time, he liked somebody else, and I was trying to set them up, but me and um, me and Chris were like really good friends, uh-huh. and so we were just talking and getting to know each other, just act, acting like normal friends. She was scoping me out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I if was, you say so. I was clueless. I had no idea what was going on. And what'd your friend tell you? And my good friend at the time, um, he kept saying, Jennifer's hitting on you. I was like, no, nah, she's not hitting on me. She got some boyfriend. <laughs> and I didn't know that her and her boyfriend were had a bad relationship. Like, from all... But from what we could see on, on what they were showing everybody, y'all had a good relationship. I mean, I could see bits and pieces of y'all arguing, but nobody knew it was as bad as it was. Yeah. So, and we all worked together. That was the thing. We all worked together. Yeah, it was a fun time. Fun time at I remember we went to Waffle House that one time. Oh, Lord, how And y'all were arguing the whole time, and I had no idea. And Jennifer kept showing me a bunch of photos of herself. They were appropriate photos. But I didn't realize what she was. my dancing days. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that she was basically trying to get her boyfriend at the time to get jealous. Because he was flirting with another female right. that was there. And that was a female that I was trying to flirt with. <laughs> oh my goodness. Needless to say, we were young and dumb. Uh-huh. But, anyways, so fast forwarding, um, we, me and my boyfriend ended up breaking up. Right. Chris and I were just still talking as friends, and I was venting to him, and then mm. eventually, a couple months later, I know how that turned out. me and him started talking. You know? Started talking. I don't think it was a couple months later. <laughs> it's like a week or so later. Okay. Well, anyways, we were running fast, okay? Uh, running. <laughs> Full this force. Is 20, tw- this is 2020. You know how people be doing these days. This was not in 2020. Well, this was when around this, that time. This was like the end of 2017, okay? Right. But I'm just saying, 
in regards to everything, especially when you, you don't really have a a moral compass, so to speak, more so when you're 17, 18, 19, 20. In this day and age, it takes a matter of weeks and days before you're with somebody mm-hmm. because of the phones and the technology and everything. And we did work together, so we saw each other pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. On top of you were just spending a lot of time with me outside of work. Yeah. And we both, at that time in our lives, were not attending church. I mean, I was attending church, but I wasn't practicing as a Christian. I was just going to church. So I did a lot of stuff with her that doesn't line up with Premarital stuff. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> premarital stuff that will... I'm sure we'll get into eventually. Yeah, I was going to talk to you if you wanted to say um, how were you raised in church and all that stuff. You could tell the people about that. Mm-hmm. I was raised in church. I was raised in monotheism, the belief that there is only one God, specifically apostolic Pentecostal following the teachings of the apostles, following the teachings of the Holy Bible. Right. Um, I believe the entirety of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. And that's how I was raised. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Yep. Um, But at that time when I met Chris, he wasn't actively in church and... I was asking him one day if he had a church because I've been looking for a church since mm-hmm. I've moved to Tennessee. Right. That's where we live. And um, But I was born and raised in Arizona, and so when I moved out here, I was a young 16-year-old and going through all the emotions, losing all my family and friends, moving away from them, and starting a new life here in Tennessee and for a while I was looking for a church and I attended different churches here in Tennessee but I never found one that I really liked and when I met Chris I asked him if he knew of a church and he's like yes I'll take you to a church funny that you say that and so but you had never been in a I've never been in a Pentecostal Pentecostal apostolic church. Right. So when I first went there, when I It was a lot to take in. Yes. I was like, y'all people are crazy. Running the aisles, falling out, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Speaking in tongues. I didn't know what that stuff was. So when, when Chris was explaining to me afterwards, he was like, so what'd you think? We got a children's break. They just came out here and started talking to us. But Jennifer had never been a part of that lifestyle. And I think when she moved out here, she would have been 16. I would have been, what, 19 probably? About 19? Probably. I'm four years older than you. You're three. three. You're three so I was 18 or 19 when you moved here, but we didn't know each other. Yeah, I was... Um. I was about to be, I was 18 when I met you, Right. but we didn't start talking until like a few months after, a few months before I turned 19, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But I got baptized a couple months later and um, filled with the Holy Ghost. And that was an experience because I was like, oh my gosh, this stuff is real. Like, mm -hmm. I never would have thought I would get something like that. But um, God said that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Right. So. It's happening a lot today, too. Mm-hmm. God's coming back soon, that's for sure. Yep, in this crazy, crazy world. Mm -hmm. How old were you when you got baptized, Chris? I think. I can't remember for sure. I was young, probably eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Somewhere in that age. This is all I've ever been aware of since I was young. And it's been a blessing now that I look back. But growing up, I believed as a young man, but I was also very curious about the world outside of the four walls of the church and so i spent many years rebelling against my parents and their and what they were teaching me i spent a lot of years running from god when i met jennifer i was at from a moral standpoint and even a financial standpoint I was at the lowest that I had ever been in my life. Um, I was going to church Sunday, but I, I was a Sunday-only Christian. I went from being a young man who did love God at a, at a young age. I knew from a very young age that there is a God. In my personal opinion, it's undoubtable. There's no way in the world that there's not a, a master creator but with that being said, the environment that I grew up in was very controlled. And by the time I got to a certain age, I was full on rebellion against the whole system of what I was born and raised in. And so 18 years old, I left my home. I rebelled against everything that my parents taught me. I moved out. I had a job, part-time job. I found some roommates. And I decided I was going to prove myself to the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, so after a few months of me got getting baptized, um, we ended up finding out that we were pregnant and we weren't married. Right. And... Um, I knew early on that I was going to end up spending the rest of my life with you. Yeah. I knew that from the start. It's like some intuition. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think, was I just trying to find a girl? And maybe I was, but somewhere in the back of my mind, I really knew that you was the one that I really, really needed. Mm-hmm. And... When I met you, you were full-blown in the world, so to speak, mm -hmm. as to what they say in regards to Christianity. Right. And the lifestyle that we live now is not the lifestyle that we were living five years ago. Right. Five, six years ago. And um, needless to say, be, um, coming from the worldly perspective at the time... Um, 
a lot of my family was happy that I was going to have a baby and but when we told your parents they were shocked <laughs> coming from a Christian but perspective but you just gotta think it was the first I was their first child yeah it was their first grandchild and they knew that I wasn't in the right headspace for a lot of stuff right they were weren't basing their reaction based on me and you mm-hmm. being together having a baby they were basing that reaction on all the previous experiences and ex and expression of myself that I had up until that point and they knew that I was not ready to have a child at that age yeah. I think I was 23 24 and so it was just a big adjustment my daughter's popping in again little Alethea she's such a blessing Yes, um, but then time progressed with that pregnancy, and then I ended up losing him early um, with the stillbirth. Yeah, 22 weeks with the stillbirth, and it was heartbreaking, but I knew where he was going, and it was a boy, and we named him uh, Christopher James Gonzalez III, and... Uh, after that happened, uh, we tried to progress more in our relationship, and we got married. Uh, then a month after that, uh, we ended up having a rainbow baby. Well, not having, but I got pregnant mm-hmm. again, having a rainbow baby, which is our son. Well, let's go back and talk about today. Baby Christopher. Is it, did you tell his name on there? Yeah, I did. Did you say his name? Yeah, I did. He's Christopher James Gonzalez III. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first found out you were pregnant. You I were was, scared. <laughs> I was scared. I was crying. Because mm-hmm. I was happy. I was like, man, it's time to grow up. Because mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of smoking and drinking. and I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. It was quite a time. Mhm. I was I was 20 years old. Mhm. And having a baby. It, I was young and then I ended up um getting pregnant again after we got married. Uh we decided to get married a month after mm-hmm. we had baby Christopher. And then I we didn't want to tell anyone until Christmas time that I was expecting again um, because the first time it was just too early and I didn't want to go through the same process again so I wanted to make sure that Gianni was going to be okay right and we named him Gianni Gabriel Gonzalez in um, short nickname is Triple G, but you can Triple tell G. we could you could tell them the story, background story of that. Well, it's just kind of a way to remember Christopher. Yeah. Because it's a three. Christopher James is also the third. 
And then Gianni Gabriel Gonzalez. All a G. One, two, three. Just something that I we kind of thought of back then or I thought of back then. I remember holding my first son in my hand telling him that I was never going to look at life the same. And I, and I didn't. I started shifting my thinking, but at the same time, it still took a few years to get exactly where we needed and should be in our relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And um, Gianni was born on my biological father's birthday. And so that's something that's cool that I like to think about. And I told my dad, I was like... Happy birthday, you got a grandchild. <laughs> and so um, they really love uh, them. I have um, my mom and my stepdad. Um, they have been a blessing to me my entire life. And my dad, um, my biological father, um, being in my life more so now. And then um, my in-laws, I really do appreciate them as well in all different aspects of life. Having the elderly figures is very nice for me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I enjoy what watching my children. What were some of children. the challenges that you experienced when we got married? <laughs> well, when we got married, we had a small wedding. Yes, it was it just was, our... Yeah. Go ahead. It was just his parents and his siblings and then my mom and my stepdad. And my, my two younger siblings. Um, and my, my former pastor and his wife. Yeah. It was... It was a quick one, but we ended up having a reception like a month later mm -hmm. to where we could invite everyone, but we just wanted to get married basically in private. Um, if, I wish that I could have planned a bigger one, but needless to, because that's how a lot of females are, but I'm glad we did the way that we did. Right. So, so there's that. <laughs> so what's some of the challenges you think you had to deal with in regards to in-laws? Um, and getting to know one another, especially when you consider that, truth be told, we knew each other for six months and then we got married. Yeah. So our parents on both sides had no idea who we were to each other. Yeah. And so, but in the apostolic Pentecostal lifestyle, that's pretty normal. But I was still not fully committed to church. I got baptized and all that stuff, but we were still living in sin. And so, mm -hmm. um, still trying to make it right every single day with God. But I think that... Guys, you you guys are going to hear our children. <laughs> okay. We can't go anywhere in our house and try to get away from them. <laughs> so, y'all just going to have to bear with us. <laughs> But, I mean, I've had a few ups and downs with um, my in-laws, but mm -hmm. I think we've gotten better now. Right. But it wasn't easy. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> it, wasn't, 
it wasn't easy i'll say that no, but it was i think that's normal for every couple i think it's normal that there's some things in that not everything that you guys agree with and so you could either agree to disagree or you can um try to work things out and I think it was hard in the beginning I think it was hard to deal with conflict like growing up I've always dealt with conflict I always learned if you had a problem why don't you talk about it and when I met Chris and anytime he had a problem with family or friends, um, he would never talk about it and he would just build it up. And so I think that's something that we all learned together is to talk about it because... To deal with conflict. Yeah, and to talk about it because before it was it was bad. <laughs> yeah, when you don't deal with conflict, it just has a way of festering. It'll yeah. build up and then one day something would be said and then the whole thing would be lashed out. Right. And that's not good. That's not a good model of anything or how to help anybody, whether that's in church or family or business. Right. If, if there needs to be an environment at the same time that is conducive to conflict resolution, like you'll get people who are not going to say anything if they don't believe that their conflict is going to get resolved. So they'll just keep it to themselves until one day it bubbles over. Yeah. Um, I was. What do you think that you've had dealt with with both sides of parents after we got married and still trying to figure out one another? Boundaries. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that was a big thing. Yeah. I think because I was so young and and naive that I falsely had this idea in my head that once me and you got married that my family, my my parents and your parents were just going to magically get along. Mhm. As if there was never going to be a growing process or as if there was never going to be growing pains. Right. And that's just not true. We went through a lot of arguments, or even if they weren't arguments, we went through a lot of cold wars, you know, little, little, having these little disagreements and acting like they're not a huge deal, but everybody knew deep down inside they were a huge deal. Right. And the mothers trying to figure it out and get along was a big thing too, which Mm -hmm. is natural in retrospect, the motherly the mama bear stuff. Yeah, the mama bear stuff. But and at the time, it always seemed like it was the worst in World War Three type stuff. But now, as I've gotten older and I've developed more wisdom and understanding, it wasn't the end of the world. Right. We just had to learn how to figure each other out so that we could give each other respect within the boundaries that each and every one of us have for each other mm-hmm. or have for ourselves and you were the first one well not the first one to get married but 
you're the oldest and you were the first male to get married. And so right. it was, and you're your mom's first baby. So. Right. And you have to understand. And that was my mom's first you baby. You grew every family, regardless if they want to talk about it or acknowledge it. My personal belief is to an extent, my family growing up is a certain level of dysfunction. And to an extent, your family growing up was a certain level of dysfunction. Yeah. And then we come from those families, and now we want to get married to one another. So now we got to figure out how do we take whatever we learned in that dysfunctional family setting, and then you have your dysfunctional family setting and problems and trying to mesh them together. That's called life. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think, though, that we've through the five years um, that we've been married, I think we've dealt with it a lot better. We know how to um, deal with conflict, how we go about things, and to agree and disagree, and... Learning how to deal with conflict without being emotional. Right. Emotion is one thing, and it has its place, but... Also, it doesn't need to be, if you can't deal with conflict if you're coming from an emotional standpoint. Oh, you hurt my feelings, and I'm going to be mad the whole time we have in our conflict resolution. Well, then you're not going to get nothing solved because you're not thinking from a logical perspective or standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's coming from me and you as well because we both sometimes can be emotional, and I would say... Well, you can't be emotional in this point, or you would tell me I can't be emotional in right. that point when me and you have our arguments. Right. But every, at least every couple should have an argument. If you don't have an argument with one another, I think you guys have a problem. Right. But Heated moments of fellowship. Yes. If you don't have those, you might not. Brothers, you might need to kindle the fire all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but... um I think, so, how do you feel with parenthood, like, dealing with um, Gianni and Alethea? Being a parent is the best thing that I've ever been privileged to be able to do. I think it's the biggest blessing that God has ever allowed to happen to me in my personal life. I take it extremely serious. And for people who know me personally, no, I'm not no soldier dad my children have more fun than most children do but discipline is a real needed thing raising your kids to be disciplined is the best thing you can do for you and the best thing you could do for your children right the bible is filled with numerous verses about disciplining your children raising your children in the fear of the lord raising your children to respect the lord And it all starts with the father. The father is the number one ingredient to that. A father's role, in my personal opinion, is to submit myself to God, submit myself to his word, submit myself to the process that he has me in for life, to lead by example, to lead my wife, to lead my children, to love my wife, 
like Christ loved the church, to be willing to give my life for my wife. Not to boss her around. Exactly. I don't, and that's it. I would say when we first got together, there were days when I had to learn that. Mm -hmm. There weren't just days, there were weeks and months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Talk but, about it. Talk about it. But <laughs> that's why Jennifer is my best friend, my helpmeet. Yeah, I heard you're something the other day. Too. You said what? I said you're my best friend too. <laughs> <laughs> my, I heard something the other day that said that in the Bible, help me. It said that in the beginning, uh, in Genesis, God made a woman for Adam because he said it was not good that Adam should be alone. He made him a help meet. And that is also can be translated in the Hebrew into something along the lines of a healthy adversary. So Jennifer, to me, is different than me, but that's the way that God created her. Right. That's the way that he wanted to create her. She's not going to be like me, and I'm not going to be like her. Everybody's different for a reason. Everybody's different for a reason. Specifically, male and female have roles to play, though. In this world, they try to say that gender is fluid now and you could be any type of gender you want based on some scientifical surgery or something that's completely false it's nothing about that is true mm -hmm. god made us male and female for a reason we have roles to play and when we play our roles instead of bickering amongst one another about who's in charge of the family right who's running the show but we just play our role and we just go 100% in that role that God has given us, then you have a happy life. Happy wife, happy life to an extent. <laughs> I mean, it's it's putting God first in everything that we do. Yes. If Jennifer can trust me because she knows I'm not taking advantage of her because what I'm doing in our life and by my actions, not just by my words, is showing her that I put God first in everything that I do. Yeah. And when she can see that, then she has an easier time submitting to my authority because she doesn't think that I am taking advantage of her or being a tyrant. And submitting has been a big thing for both of us. Um, but I think, I think also... Um, when we first got together, a lot of people thought I was like brainwashed. And ever since I came to a Pentecostal apostolic church, mm -hmm. I think it, I think God just really opened my eyes more and I have more knowledge and wisdom of understanding. And, right. um, I'm not blind in the, I'm still Jennifer. I'm just not dumb and naive. Like I would be so nice to, to everything. Right. Like, well, you were, everybody's brainwashed to something. Yeah. If you were just brainwashed to sin or brainwashed to whatever you were taught that was normal. Yeah. So everybody's brainwashed. That's why Muslims or any other religious group is going to be so hardcore about what they believe. Because right. they're grown and raised into that. So, I mean, to an extent, everybody's brainwashed. Mm -hmm. You're either going to be brainwashed by religion or by society Mm -hmm. But when you become an adult, you are a free will, have a person, as a person and as an individual. And I'm just grown up. Exactly. You get to make decisions and you get to live by those decisions. 
and you have the freedom to make those decisions. For instance, when me and my wife got together in the monotheistic holiness standards for specifically Pentecostals and apostolics, we believe the Bible says that women shouldn't wear man's clothing. So for yeah. many, when I met Jennifer, she wore pants. This is just an example. But I never told her or forced her, hey, you're going to be with me. We're going to be together. You have to dress like this. Yeah. No, that wasn't the case at all. I did that all on my own, and it took a while. Mm-hmm. It took, like, a couple years or a year and a half before right. I actually stopped cutting my hair, stopped wearing makeup. I never really liked to wear makeup that much anyways because my face would always break out. Mm-hmm. But that's just coming from a perspective of he never forced me. Right, because God gives us free will. He wants everybody to willingly choose to embrace everything that he has for us. Yes. And I was never going to force you to do something against your will Mm because I'm not God. Yes. And God wouldn't even force us to do something against our will. He gives us the freedom of choice. Whether you choose to embrace sin or whether you choose to embrace him and live your life for him. Yes. Um, you have anything else to really to say? No, but I'm excited for this first episode that we did. Yes, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you comment and like it and share it to all your friends and family. I hope it encourages you. And I hope that you have a blessed day in Jesus' name. Over and out.